The Protectors of the Wood podcast. Everything is at stake. The destruction of our planet is becoming real life. This podcast tells the story of misfit teenagers struggling to band together to help our world through this crisis. Episode 16. History casts a shadow on the present. The secret world opens. The garden was so quiet that Phoebe heard the buzzing of bees again. Her father was looking off into space. Come on, Dad. Have you ever looked into Dreamstone or not? I mean, a real vision stone, like you were describing. Yes, uh, I have. And what happened? Did you see anything? Yes, a couple of times. Phoebe nodded, waiting. The warm sun felt soothing on her back and arms. The aromas in the garden gave her a feeling of peace. You know... Almost a year ago, I'd reached a point where I knew I was lost. I felt that I had to give up the toy store and and change my life. You were leaving soon for college. Your mom was moving to Main Street and spent all her time painting, and Penny had decided to join her. I felt I was being drawn away from all I'd ever loved, and would never be able to return. I knew I needed help, and Chi-Chi was there to help me. Phoebe found herself staring at a yellow flower with points like a star, growing on a vine up the hay bales. She had trouble concentrating on her father's words, yet seemed to enter into the story as if a spell had settled over the garden. I decided to try looking into a large stone. In those blue depths I felt lost as if in an ocean. Suddenly it turned very dark. I saw snowflakes in the wind. There in front of me was Bridge Avenue in a blizzard at night. The street lights were out. Faint lights flickered from a few windows. The snow lit up a bit, and I could see someone trudging past the toy store, pulling a heavy wagon by a piece of rope across his chest like a a horse or a mule would do. The man wore an old overcoat and a, a wool hat pulled down to his eyes, and he struggled on through the darkness. Finally, he pulled his wagon to the door of the church where he was greeted by a joyful crowd of hungry people, men, women, and children. In the wagon were bags of food and toys, big burlap bags piled high and overflowing. When the man came around to lift the bags from the wagon, I saw that he was me. And suddenly, I was able to see with his eyes And as I entered the church, I saw her among the crowd. She was unmistakable because she glowed 
and smiled in a way I will never forget. She gave me a, a little bow that thrilled me to my bones. Then the vision faded out and I came back to myself. In the silence, the crows began cawing again. They seemed to have come up close, like spectators to the conversation. The vision changed my life. It could be a look into the future, or it could be a way of understanding what I'm doing now. Either way, it gives me the strength to go on. A feeling that this is really me, the me I want to be. If she approves, that's all I need. Peter smiled at Phoebe. He wiped his eyes and shifted his weight on the hay bale. Can I ask you a question now? Of course. You want your own role in this, uh, this project, this big game we're in? Yes. Yes, I do. So you're going to ask Gilligan for a job? Her heart sank. But the toy store was closed yesterday. And Sammy told me Gilligan was under financial pressure and probably wanted to sell. I do think I could help them, but Sammy said he already hired George. He also told me that Gilligan and George drive each other crazy. It looks hopeless. You should try to talk to him. He has no idea what's going on, but he's not a bad person. Far from it. And he may surprise you. I'll try. I've been thinking about it. Sammy hinted that I could save the store, and Gilligan as well. You'll come up with a plan. I can feel it. One other thing, Dad. Yesterday, I happened to meet a friend from high school, and I'm curious if you've ever met her. Tall, dark hair, name of Abby? She's a shy girl, uh, sort of hunches her shoulders, wears black jeans. Her parents live over in Ridgewood on the other side of the forest. Uh, I'm not sure about her parents, but I know they don't live around here. The rest is all her. Then you're talking about Abby Chapman, definitely a major player in this game. You could say she's a kind of wild card. <laughs> Goodness, Phoebe, you're here just a day and you're into everything. But that's good, that's good. You've got a knack for it. <laughs> Once I heard you were coming back, I knew this would happen. Phoebe waited quietly, knowing her father would plunge ahead with a torrent of words. All right, you've hit a spot where we need help. Abby's a Chapman, a sort of niece of Wendy's. You should know that Abby's grandfather helped work the apple farm in Hidden Valley long, long ago, and was with the family when a mob burned their village and they all went into hiding. What? I can't believe I've never heard of this. Yeah, it's not so surprising. It happened over 70 years ago. There are many reasons for people in this town to keep it quiet. Respectable folks usually hide major crimes in their family history. 
and they don't like to be associated with the victims either. The effects of these crimes are far from over. Phoebe's skin shivered as she listened. I just want you to understand Abby's importance. Wendy's her godmother and gives her more freedom than some of us think is wise. But Wendy believes that Abby has a special mission of some kind and needs to find a life on her own. Abby's been working at the Half Moon Florist, a store owned by a family involved in the Morphe clan. Their grandfather helped burn the houses and cabins in Hidden Valley so many years ago. Are you getting an idea what you've stumbled into? I could see why John Chapman encouraged us to open up to you and Penny. He must have an intuition about you young people. John Chapman? Who, who's that? He's Wendy's father. Uh, look, I hate to be putting a burden on your shoulders, but anything you can do to help Abby understand these dangers, anything that would protect her from those who would exploit her. But why would you depend on me for something like this? And I don't understand what they're after. I don't feel like I'm getting the whole story. Surely you, or Wendy, or Abby's parents could do a better job. Peter wore his most severe face. Eyebrows so low, his eyes were mere slits. What would you suggest? I have no idea. I don't know. You're supposed to know. I wish I did. But it's not a problem I can solve. We've tried. Wendy's parents are off in another town and don't associate with us. Wendy has far more influence than they do. But why would a young girl consent to live with her ancient aunt far from friends and community? Even an aunt as interesting as Wendy. Well, maybe for a short time, but you could see how it is. Abby's a free agent. If persuasion hasn't worked, what can we do? And Wendy doesn't take orders from anyone. I can't tell you how stubborn and independent she is, insisting on doing things her own strange way. But ultimately, Abby needs friends in town where she wants to live. But what if I mess up? Or Abby does? There seems to be a lot at stake here. <laughs> there is. And all our efforts may fail. You know, I once heard Wendy say, Why risk making a mistake when we could do nothing and deny all responsibility? <laughs> Wendy has a way of making things clear. Hmm. Well, when you put it like that, I get it. I'll do my best. But, Dad, there's something hidden in this conversation. I've been getting up the nerve to ask you. Wasn't Mom's reaction to my question about the painting of the burning village pretty emotional? Out of the ordinary for her? When you talk about people who don't want to be associated with the victims, are you talking about us? 
I knew you were going to discover this sooner or later. And at some point, all four of us need to share the truth. But right now, I'll just say that your mother's mother painted the burning village, and she was an eyewitness. And my grandfather lost his life in that tragedy. Oh, Dad, I'm, I'm so sorry. How? Why don't we know about this? Oh, Dad, keeping this quiet? Keeping this quiet all these years? Phoebe moved to sit next to her father and hugged him. Uh, I'm all right, don't worry. But it's true, the, the pain and shock don't completely go away. It's just that, over the years, many people in Midtown and Half Moon are... I'm not sure how to describe it. But they're afraid of people who lost family in the tragedy. Or who are related in any way to the tragedy. The town split into two groups, and even after three generations, people like us running a store for the public don't want to have our family background whispered in rumors. People in Hidden Valley were known as witches, aliens, strangers who were somehow crazy. <laughs> Obviously, that's not good public relations. I think... Yes. I think I've known about the truth in the back of my mind for years. I see how you and Mom suffer. Does Penny know? I think Patty told her. But Phoebe, I I'm glad you know already. It makes it easier for me. They embraced again. Phoebe stood and saw at least half a dozen crows flapping their wings rising off a long, horizontal oak branch extending over the field of Christmas trees. One huge black crow spread his grand wing feathers out against the sky and swooped directly overhead. She watched the others follow in a wide arc and finally rise over the taller oaks and disappear back into the forest. <laughs> Well, I've never had a visit like that before. Do they know us? Am I... Am I imagining things? Oh, they know me, and now they know you too. They're smarter than most people would think. And somehow they communicate with Wendy. She stays out there in the forest, but keeps track of so many things. I'm fascinated, and I want to learn more. the mountains and hills for company we've got the clouds and the storms and a billion stars to see we've got the rain and stream 
and rivers and the sea and with the children running round us it's heaven all for free it's heaven all for free right here and right now it happens all around us no one knows how it may take a million years to build the house of god we can start right here we can start right now we can start right here we can start right now. Thanks for listening to the Protectors of the Wood podcast. Find all our podcasts, songs, and projects on our website, www.protectorsofthewood.com. And to all the eco-warriors out there, remember that everyone can make a difference and every action counts.